Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Bradley's favorite Christmas song of all time, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Cannot get enough of this mm-hmm. song. The Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And the other day we got the news that Les Moonves wasn't going to get that huge payout from CBS. But now we know that there's a lot more to the story and Bradley's got the details on it. So uh, get this. So, you know, CBS ousts Les Moonves. They say after an investigation, oh, we're going to fire you for cause. So you're not getting your hundred and twenty million dollar golden parachute severance package. And, uh, okay, well, that's good because we don't want, you know, creepy McCreeperson, uh, Les Moonves, who, you know, had a woman on staff who would pleasure him on a whim. Uh, Um, However, we have since learned that, no, they don't plan on paying him that $120 million severance, but they have been paying his legal bills. So get this. According to a termination agreement, CBS has been covering Moonves's legal and executive fees. Now, uh, this agreement uh, came to light courtesy of the New York Times, and uh, it covers not just his legal expenses uh, surrounding, you know, the uh, uh, the legal case that we've talked about that led to them deciding not to give him uh, that hundred twenty million dollar. Severance Golden package. Parish, yeah. Um, but they have covered his quote executive expenses until the investigation concluded. Now, th- these expenses could include, but are not limited to, legal fees that have easily run up to the tune of $20 million, perhaps even 40 to $50 million, which also just makes you feel like you've made your uh, life choices wrong mm-hmm. if you're not making 40 to $50 million trying to prove that Les Moonves. Um, put his hands in places that he shouldn't. It's just, it's unthinkable. Right. So get this. CBS had to pay less Moonves to come after them. Right? Right. So, so CBS is trying to prove that Les Moonves doesn't deserve the money. But in order for Les Moonves to make the case that he does deserve the money, they CBS to has to pay, pay for it. Him. To prove that he deserves the money. That's how twisted this is. Oh my so, gosh. So he's not had to actually That's pay gross. any of the bills to defend himself. Now, you think, well, he's not going to get this $120 million severance, so that's money w- well spent probably. Okay, however, it's likely now that he could uh, call for arbitration to get some of that $120 million. And if they call, I was reading about this arbitration agreement, if they call for arbitration... Uh, that would require CBS to come to the table. They're then going to have to spend a ton more money, which they are then going to have to then pay less Moonves in that scenario. So at so, the end of the day, very likely what is going to happen is that CBS is going to settle, settle. because it's too much money um, 
otherwise they're just like, you know, basically lighting money to fire or lighting fire to money. Um, At the end of the day, Les Moonves is getting a ton of uh, money and resources for being a horrible human being. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's disgusting. So how, I mean, yeah. So, so because my question was going to be how long is CBS beholden to to that agreement and i guess the answer would be as long as this is drawn until this is resolved right and so as as long as les moonvez continues to be in relationship with cbs in as much as he's arguing about this golden parachute so instead of just saying yeah i did some horrible things yes i'm going to move on with my life yes um even though or or i didn't do any of those things but I'm going to move on with my life and try to repair my image. No, he's fighting, you know, to protect whatever image he thinks he still has. Um, and that, you know, indicates that he'll continue to challenge CBS in court. And again, if there's no end in sight for this legal challenge, because they could con- they could uh, continue to either deal with um, a court battle or arbitration, that's just going to cost CBS a ton of money and they might just want to move past it. And if they therefore choose to do so, they're going to end up settling in some way. And even if they don't settle and even if he doesn't collect on that severance, they have already paid for this vile human being to defend himself. That is the height of the height of the highest height of privilege. Yeah. That you can be essentially paid to victimize people. I mean, truly that I mean, like if you strip it all down, he is his disgusting disgustingness is being financially supported by the company that he was using to victimize people. Yeah. That's gross. Hideous and disgusting. Gross. Also, I still am waiting to hear what his wife is going to do. Yeah. Something tells me she's not making any decisions until all this legal stuff has been decided because Mm -hmm. that's going to determine what kind of um, payout payout if, if anything she gets if she decided to leave now the others the other story of uh cbs having their head up their own uh rears rears revolves around this eliza dushku story which we've talked about um gosh when did we even did we talk about that last week i feel like it was at the end of last week yeah okay so in this latest story there uh she uh, she published uh, an op-ed about cbs now, oh, I'm trying to remember this particular story, but I don't want to get into too much detail because I don't want to get bogged down. So I'm simply going to say this in the op ed. She basically calls out CBS for trying to rewrite the narrative of what went down mm-hmm. after she accused uh, one actor, Michael Weatherly Weatherly of sexually harassing her. Mm-hmm. And um, she basically claims that CBS is trying to rewrite the story and act like they did all the right things. And she has come out very clearly and said, no, that's not the case. Uh, and is now speaking, even though she settled with CBS to the tune of several millions of dollars, money she says she would have earned had she not been fired from the the show that she was on. Uh, if she, you know, remained on that show for a number of years. So the Mm. settlement sort of compensated her for the time that perhaps she could have continued on the show had she not been fired for raising a ruckus about a man sexually harassing her. And if you don't think that that has merit, I could sit here and tell you of example after example of how gross he was on the set. 
That said, she is now saying they came out earlier this week and talked about the settlement and made it sound like it really wasn't that bad. And she was maybe kind of, um, you know, out to get something. Um, But she couldn't speak because of the terms of the settlement. Mm -hmm. And so this week she penned this op-ed saying, well, I'm actually going to speak because you've now spoken, Mm -hmm. which you shouldn't have done. And so I'm going to speak and I'm going to tell you what actually happened. And it's pretty clear and it makes CBS look horrible. And I just feel like in a week where CBS already looks kind of horrible. And that's not even talking about Charlie Rose, by the way, and the morning show. And that's Mm -hmm. not even talking about um, what's the other CBS story. I feel like there's another one. I feel like you're right. I feel like there's one more, too. Regardless. Well, there um, was 60 Minutes. Yeah, 60 Minutes. Mm -hmm. There are a number of reasons why CBS doesn't need to be on the wrong side of this particular story, but they continue to be. And this op-ed in the Boston Globe by Eliza Dushku uh, that was published yesterday is uh, just more more example of just that. So yeah, they are just not they're not doing themselves any favors no. at all. It seems to me like they're trying to run around and cover their rears, uh, and the more they try to cover their rears, the more they keep getting their heads stuck up there. <laughs> yeah, fannies. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 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 When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, it's time to get those tinfoil hats out again, you guys. Um, Because we got to figure this out. There is a story that we used to be hot on all the time about a missing church leader's wife. Oh, yeah. I I mean, the missing wife of a church leader. Uh, We stopped talking about it. And now we're talking about it again. And I'm wondering, why did we ever stop talking about it? And it is still an issue. We're going to tell you about it after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. So a few years ago on the Colleen and Bradley show, we were obsessed with the question, where is Shelly Miscavige? Shelly Miscavige, the wife of the leader of the Church of Scientology, the wife of David Miscavige. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And uh, we talked about that question a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating because the story around Scientology is fascinating. We've read several books, documentaries. We had numbers of guests, um, people who wrote those books, did those documentaries, and people who were in the Church of Scientology. And then when Leah Remini came forward with her story, it really revolved around the disappearance of Shelley Miscavige, the the wife of the leader of the Church of Scientology. And that was a mystery many people tried to, uh, you know, dig a little deeper on. And, and, and one of them being, uh, as you mentioned, Leah Remini. And she had actually filed a missing persons report because... Uh, Shelly Miscavige has not been seen since 2007 when she attended her father's funeral. And prior to that, she had not been seen since 2005. Uh, And so she had filed a missing persons report and the LAPD allegedly did an investigation and then came forward with a statement that said she's fine. She's safe. Don't worry about it. What you should also know, though, is that the LAPD has a history with the Church of Scientology in a way that makes that somewhat suspect. And we're not wearing tinfoil hats to say you can, you know, do your own research. Exactly. Well, so imagine my surprise. So then we kind of had put that conversation to bed. It was like there was nothing more to talk about, even though you and I had known and a lot of people that are well acquainted with Scientology had known that um, that was sort of a there were reasons why we were still suspicious. Mm-hmm. We just stopped talking about it. Well, imagine my surprise when I saw this headline in the Daily Beast 
uh, that was dated 1219. That's yesterday, 1219, 2018. Where is this? Where is Scientology leader David Miscavige's wife? And I thought, oh, good, we're having the conversation again. This is fun because I've wanted to. I've wanted to know whatever happened to the conversation for so long. Well, the reason we're asking it is because it's being asked again, and it's being asked again in Leah Remini's. Uh, TV show, Scientology in the Aftermath. Um, she has, you know, she interviews people who have been harmed by the Church of Scientology. And one of the reasons we're fascinated by the Church of Scientology is because of the way that the Church of Scientology has used celebrities in Hollywood as a way of kind of pushing the the PR of the church, right? If they get celebrities in... Well, and celebrities sell a story about Scientology that's not actually true or lived by the actual, you know, day in and day out core members of the church. So they sort of put this like lipstick on a pig thing and they get special treatment. They're not required to follow the same rules. And in, in many ways, they're not, you know, treated, held captive slash allegedly tortured in the ways right. that the average Scientology members uh, have been over the years. Exactly. Well, apparently one of the people she interviews uh, in this season of Scientology in the Aftermath is Valerie Haney, who is a, a person who served for 22 years in what amounts to the clergy of the Church of Scientology. It's called Sea Org. Uh, these are the people who you've heard. Uh, they sign billion year contracts to serve throughout the life of their soul. It's bizarre. Anyway, she was at one point the personal assistant to Shelly Miscavige. And so she explains that the last time she saw Shelly Miscavige at all, Shelly Miscavige was crying and entering a vehicle outside of Gold Base, which is the international headquarters of the Church of Scientology, which is in California. And uh, she says... David Miscavige is hiding her and not having her. They have no question that she is being hidden. And not only do they have no question that she's being hidden, they really do believe that they know where she's being hidden. Um, and, and they believe not only this individual, but also Mike Rinder, who plays an active part in that show, Scientology in the after, Aftermath. He used to be an official in the Church of Scientology. Do you, do you remember we've talked about they have this bunker where they're essentially preparing for Armageddon? Mm-hmm. They believe that that's where she is okay. uh, and that she's being hidden there. And um, and that David Miscavige is essentially the, the reason why he won't answer to this is because he doesn't believe that the world deserves to know. Well, and we should go back a little bit because uh, there was I'm trying to remember what the speculation was as for the reason why she was. Um, This all had to do with, I think, the way she was making decisions about stuff in the church because she was very highly placed. And this was sort of retribution for those decisions or she had done something against his wishes. Right. That she was then being punished for. And he was to and I don't know. I don't remember exactly what that like exactly what it was. However, that a number of the people on the inside are saying were have said that at the time in 2005, when she first went missing, David Miscavige was essentially in their words quote a madman and that he was and we've heard this description of him before um that he kind of acts very impulsively and angrily um but 
the the image that the Church of Scientology is trying to put out is that he is um, happily married and that he wants to live a public life and that Shelley Miscavige simply wants to live a private life. And so she is living privately while he lives publicly. But rest assured, I believe that this question is going to continue to come up in the show. Well, yeah, until she's, you know, actually seen in public again. Now, the LAPD is continuing to say that an investigation was conducted and that she is fine and that they spoke to her. Yeah, but just because somebody's being held against their will and says that they're fine doesn't mean that they actually are fine. Right. So I'm hopeful that we'll continue yeah. uh, hearing more about this and that, that this will this be part of the narrative. This is part of the season three. And now uh, we're about the seventh episode of season three uh, is on January 1st. They know that dumb people doing dumb things. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer, And we call those dumb people doing dumb things crazy, stupid idiots. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Yeah! Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again. Oftentimes in a state that I actually enjoy visiting, but man, they're dumb sometimes. They really are. And it's Florida. All right. Um, Have you been to Hialeah recently? I Do 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 I need to take something for that? Oh, sorry. No. Okay. No. Because sometimes when I'm not here, you do stories and then I tell them and you're like, we already told them. So, Mm-mm. all right. Hi, Alinya. I want to tell you about a guy and it's Christmas season. And, you know, this time of year, especially when you're in Florida, you've got to go above and beyond to get yourself in the holiday spirit because there's not a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of reindeer. You don't see a lot of North Pole type things happening in mm-hmm. Florida, right? Mm-hmm. So people put up Christmas decorations, Mm -hmm. things like Christmas trees, of course, Christmas wreaths, maybe some flocked snow on the windows, right? Right. Well, one individual uh, put up a wreath on his home in the 1500 block of 57th Terrace Mm -hmm. early morning, uh, earlier this month. And um, that wreath sat there for a while and then it disappeared. Was there Somebody, a wreath pirate? There was there was a wreath thief. A wreath thief. A wreath thief, if you will. And the wreath thief or wreath pirate, uh, if you will, um, absconded with said wreath from the front door. And, uh, you know, it happens, right? Thefts happen. They do. And normally we wouldn't probably talk about a story like this. Although something happened that's going to make us talk about this story. That the wreath thief was mm-hmm. found mm-hmm. wearing the wreath as a belt. No. Oh. In fact, oh. that is not the Holly. What? I was going to say maybe they use the wreath as uh, a hemorrhoid ring. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> that sounds comfy. Uh, not at all. Uh, no. In fact, it wasn't a belt, and it wasn't a, a hemorrhoid, hemorrhoid ring. ring. It wasn't some sort of uh, marital device. Marital aid, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to imagine. Okay, go ahead. I'm just saying there's a hole in the middle of the room. I know, I get okay. it. I just didn't feel comfortable. In fact, um, 
what the criminal did, the thief did, was put the wreath on his own front door. Yeah, no. so he stole the wreath from one front door and put it on his own front door. No, see, the neighborhood is not a shopping aisle, sir. You don't get to just, oh, I like that one. Yeah. Did now, he live in the neighborhood? Yes, and oh, here's what they did. They had a camera. So I would just like to alert all people everywhere who think they're going to steal from people's front yards. Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore Nuh-uh. because cameras. Also, speaking of which, really quickly, have you seen that glitter bomb camera yet or uh, video? Yeah, we talked about that one yesterday. Oh, my so God. Funny. All of the different people that took the bait. Mm-hmm. That It was a delight to watch. I watched that last night. Um, anyway, this individual now faces charges of burglary and petite theft. Which we call petty theft, yeah. but it's really petite. Petite, and it was, but it was a big wreath. So yeah. don't, yeah, don't. I mean, Mm-mm. what what does a wreath cost these days anyway? But I can tell you because we sold them. Uh, typically, you can get a good one for about twenty five dollars, twenty four dollars, and you can probably get them a like little bit bucks, less expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down. Get your own wreath, sir. He's now being held on ten thousand dollars bond. I mean, for stealing a dumb wreath reminds me of the time that I bounced a check in college <gasps> getting a Subway sandwich. It oh, was a very two hundred dollars or something expensive Subway sandwich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to stay. Was that in Florida? Yeah, we are going to stay in Florida. We are going to Port St. Lucie, Florida. Oh, I do love a good Port St. Lucie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to introduce you to Lauren Schober. She's 25 years old, and uh, she she was going to jail. She was there on a felony warrant. It doesn't really matter because that why she was there doesn't matter. It's what happened once she got there. You see, they were trying to book her into the jail, and you know they do all kinds of searches to make sure you're not bringing any kind of contraband into the jail. Yeah. So they did a body scan. And when they did the body scan, they noticed uh, some interesting things in nature's pocket. Oh, she had something in her lower Darby. Yes. Lower Darby. That's our word for the lady area. Yes. Um, They, they noted, they observed some metal in that area. Um, And so they said to her, it's not normal. Hey, excuse us, Miss Schober. Um, have you inserted anything into your intimates areas? And she said, no. And then they asked her once again, uh, and she said no again. And so then two female deputies had to, um, initiate a search of that particular area. Okay. And they turned up, Two rings um, from inside nature's pocket. Ew, two like, metal like, rings, like gold rings or something. Uh, like I don't know what m- wear? metal rings, but similar to the ones that I have on my so finger rings, ring finger. Okay, uh, you know what they were? What they were? Her wedding rings, her engagement rings. Well, why did she put them there? Well, because she wasn't allowed to have them in jail, but she wanted to, she wanted to keep them with her. Oh, that's uh, very sentimental. How lovely, right? Yes. Uh, the deputies had notified her that she could be arrested on charges uh, related to introducing contraband into the jail, and her her response to that was, "That would be unfortunate." <laughs> and that and is, then plopped out the rings. Yes, and that's how. Can they, you just go plop plop? I've never. Or do you have to like get up in there? To get them out. I'm well, saying. I mean, I've never had shake them loose. My engagement rings in there. That makes like in a in a you know if you've if you're running out of places to put stuff. Again, 
and I think Holly can confirm this as well. Generally speaking, when you're looking for storage areas, <laughs> that's not a place for me, at least. Yeah. That's just not a place that occurs to me. Yeah. Like, oh, I need to, I, 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 you know, my hands are full. I got to put something somewhere. I don't think. I feel like enough people area. have done it, though, that it's a thing. Apparently. We've done enough of these stories that it makes me believe somebody's missing out on a. Uh, you know, like a, a business opportunity. Yeah, sure. But you can't, I will say, Bradley, that you just can't shake out the rings like loose change no. in mm-hmm. a pocket. No, it's a little I more mean, it's a muscle. I mean, it yeah. is a muscle. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know. But I'm saying, can you control it? So you're like, open, close, you can control open, it. close. Yeah, to a degree. Okay. Can you pick stuff up? <laughs> Have you seen the internet, Bradley? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I going anywhere near that neighborhood. Introduce you to. A couple websites. Nope. I'm sure you'd be able to. I think somebody learn a whole an, lot. I think somebody picked up an Anvil once. I think we saw that. Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't there? Wasn't she on like a talk well, show? Yeah, yeah, there's women who do that. I'm saying, you know, can you, you know, like pick a quarter up off the floor? I I did read. Okay, so I'm gonna. I had a a professor in college. He was a sociology professor. I know this is going somewhere. Just trust me. Uh he has now passed on, but he spent his sabbatical researching oh god strippers oh, in a small town yeah. setting okay and he wrote his like he wrote he was just a, a textbook well that's what we all thought yeah he wrote a textbook about it and in the textbook and we had to study his textbook for our j term where we studied sociology uh in the textbook it it talked about some of the strippers picking up their tips yeah that's what i you with know. the their lady parts yeah that's and talent, I, man I, I never have understood i just have never seen that happen yeah. i've never investigated but it the further. best i could do is like a ring toss but i don't think we could do much else down there <laughs> oh sure you can't pick things up so you could play lawn games yeah. essentially yeah not jarts though Oof. <laughs> careful um can we can we relax a little bit you guys want to kick back kick and relax back and let's relax. go to columbus all right Ohio? Yeah, there's oh, a there's a lady who um well, she escaped the custody of uh, Pike County Deputy Sheriff's Tuesday. Okay. Uh her name is Autumn. Mm-hmm. It's Autumn with an M, not an N. Autumn, she's 34 years old. She is facing charges of possession of heroin. And now you can add a felony charge of escape. It all started apparently. She's wearing a jumpsuit, flees from the uh sheriff's not flees. Okay, thanks. She runs away from the sheriff's booking center on Route 23. So for nearly three hours, deputies are looking for her, right? They even called up a a helicopter to use thermal imaging equipment to see, like, where is this lady? Mm -hmm. Again, Autumn. Well, Autumn, now, it is beyond Autumn. It's actually winter. Winter now, yeah. Uh, It's real cold. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted to find out where she was because they were afraid she was going to end up dead, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's so cold. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, a break in the case came at about 6.50 in the p.m. when somebody from the Bristol Village Activity Center, which is like an old folks uh, like recreational center, mm-hmm. called and said, I think we know where that woman is. And they were like, well, how do you know? And they said, there's a woman in a yellow jumpsuit in the hot tub. In the hot tub in her jumpsuit. Sure enough, yellow jumpsuit, escaped convict, was hanging out in the <laughs> hot tub. Just sitting there. Warming up. Do, do, do. Bubble, 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 bubble. <laughs> and they took her away, and she's now in jail facing additional charges. But, um, I mean, that's a clever 
I mean, you <laughs> think I would have removed the yellow yeah. jumpsuit before I got into the hot tub because then you wouldn't be so obvious. You'll stand out if you're wearing a yellow like, jumpsuit. Hi, ma'am. Why are you wearing a, a yellow jumpsuit? Nothing to see here. Yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, it is time for the throwback live every day at two forty-five. We play it, and Bradley, uh, there's been a couple doozies while you've been gone. All right, and hopefully there won't be another one today. We'll be back after this on My Talk One Hundred Seven One. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.